bot. You might be right because it is cathartic. Right. Like, if a dude just wants to cry in his car, he probably listens to Drake, right? <laughs> like, is that Does he? I would don't that know. be the go-to? It's not boys to men anymore. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You made it here. You found us. You love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have... You people. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, please throw us a follow. As well, reviews help more people find us. So if you want to share your love for, you know, the RCR fam, leave a review. It's so helpful. And if you hear anything on the podcast that you want to reach out about, you want to talk more about, you want to just continue a conversation about, on Instagram, at Romcom Rewind, Susan messaged us uh, a little while ago saying, Hey there, uh, so I listened to this week's podcast about Chalet Girl. I'd seen it before and thought it was okay, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Definitely Team Devin. Yeah, Joan. But <laughs> Joan says, Sarah's enthusiasm for the movie made me want to rewatch it. I just finished it. And dot, 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 dot. It's a good one. Yes. I'm now Team Sarah for this one. Woohoo. I love the podcast. I look forward to hearing the new episode each Wednesday. Thank you so much, Joan. Thanks, Joan. For joining the RCR fam. This movie of you people is a brand new Netflix romantic comedy directed by Kenya Barris. Before I get into the synopsis, this film is special because it is our first review of a film that was part of the Rom-Com Rewind Fantasy Draft. Much like people who are into the NFL have fantasy football teams, we have fantasy romantic comedy teams, and you people is on my team. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, Sarah is actually leading already because three of our movies collectively (laughs) all came out all at once. It's crazy. I actually didn't know that one of them was coming out this soon. Hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. We had Shotgun (laughs) Wedding. We had You People. We had one more. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Mm -hmm. That's right. Shotgun Wedding scored the best out of the three of them. They all dropped on Friday. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, Shotgun Wedding will be coming soon. Yes, we will be doing that one. And um, and then, I mean, maybe I do. We'll have to do that shortly thereafter. So, yeah. Lots of new romantic comedies. It's, it's exciting. exciting. You People is the story of Ezra Cohen, played by Jonah Hill. Ezra comes from a Jewish family. His mom is Shelley, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And dad, Arnold, played by David Duchovny. It's been so long since I've seen him. And they're very much kind of one of those like, oh, we're just trying to set Ezra up with a nice, smart Jewish girl who's studying to become a doctor. Like, that's kind of the vibe there. Ezra eventually meets Amira, played by Lauren London. And they hit it off right away. The only problem, uh, Amira comes from a very strong and proud black family. Her dad, Woody, changed his name to Akbar. He is played by Eddie Murphy. He's very strong in his values. Uh, Her mom is Fatima, played by Nia Long. And You People is really just a story of love in the middle of uh, just a culture clash, kind of, between these two families. What are your thoughts? But you're not getting five stars. No, no, no. Uber driver. I mean, honestly, you guys are twins. Oh my God, wait, she really does look like me. I'm sorry, this was insane. Let me make it up to you. You're dating a black girl? I've never felt so understood by somebody in my entire life. Whether you like it or not, we kind of go together now. I loved the cast for this. I think they did such a kick-ass job on the cast. I think... It was huge. Like, it was awesome. 
And this movie wants you to feel the awkwardness between everything, both families, the ways of life, everything. It's one of the main characters of this movie. It was this movie was funny. It was shocking. It was awkward all at the same time. And then there was a little bit of a rom piece in it. And I wanted more of it. I wanted more of that romantic piece to it. Um, this movie pushes the boundaries when it comes to making people feel awkward and puts it at the forefront. I loved Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill as the duo in this movie. Impeccable. I wanted more of them as well. Um, I think I think everybody in this movie did a phenomenal job. I loved Lauren London in this. I want her in more stuff. Um, everyone did a very fantastic job at delivering their character the way that they were supposed to. Making making each other feel awkward the conversation that was happening kenya barris does such a great job i loved the tv show blackish because it brings things that it brings things to the forefront that you know maybe you don't think about or or think about in a specific way and i loved how he i love how he pushes boundaries and and makes a movie about it like so everyone can see it i really i i i enjoyed this movie it was very awkward at times and that was the point this film is the definition of like cringe comedy. If you like the episode, I think it's in season one of The Office. It's called Diversity Day. It's so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. If that's your bag, you like that kind of comedy, this is absolutely for you. But I would say this film is certainly not for everyone. I think the writing is really funny. Kenya Barris wrote this <laughs> yeah. alongside Jonah Hill. Yeah, the writing is really funny. Oh, man. And I think you're right, Sarah. <laughs> like, you really see that come through in the film. Like, oh, okay, some of these jokes really feel like Blackish, And mm -hmm. then some of these jokes really feel like Jonah Hill. It's a very in-your-face film. It's very unapologetic. Yeah. And like you said, I think a lot of the jokes... It's it, there's a lot of stuff that people uh, might find tough to talk about or address. And this film is just like it's all on the table. We're just we're going for it. We're talking about all of it. We're making jokes about all of it. And I like that Kenya Barris does that. Like, you know what? Oh, you don't want to talk about these things. I'm going to make a movie about it. I'm going to make a movie about it. And you're going to sit there and you're going to watch it. And you might feel awkward about it. But that's the point. Like, I, I wish the movie had a little bit more to it. Plot line wise. Um, it was a long runtime. Yeah, I'll agree. I, I think the first half really brought me in. Like, it's impeccable. And then just kind of, you know, lost some steam trying to find like a solid footing at the end, I guess, is yeah. what I would say. Uh, but let's dive in. So the movie starts off with Ezra and his uh, his friend Mo. They, they do a podcast together and it's about culture or black culture. Um, Ezra likes to say just culture, especially when he's talking to Eddie Murphy's character, Agbar, in this movie. Oh, he says the culture <laughs> The a culture, lot, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. Um, and then we have um, Ezra at, at his synagogue with his family. We see a lot, and, and this is another piece of this movie that I think you don't realize, but there, Kenya Barris and Jonah Hill brought in so many side characters from so many big things, and I, I, I'll talk about it later on in the pod. But, I will as well. Um... But you, you have to watch and you're like, oh my God, that he's from that. Oh my God, she's, oh my God, I remember her from, from this. Yeah, like, like it, I know that guy from somewhere. And then you look it up, you're like, oh, right. It's, it's that guy from yeah, that thing. It was fun to see like characters from different shows that you haven't seen in a really long time. And they brought them back. I like, I liked it. Like I say cameos, they're not cameos because they don't play themselves, but they play different side characters. And it was really, it was fun. 
And we see that he is, uh, Ezra is single and he's 35 and his family. I didn't notice. Yes. Um, his they didn't bring it up at all. Likes to push that point and bring that up quite a bit. Um, all of his relatives as well do the same. And there's some awkward conversations in the first, like, well, can we, can we dive into them? Because yeah. I think this really sets the tone for the movie. <laughs> I Ezra, love it. It's so um, funny. Like he forgets his yarmulke and everybody yeah. starts giving him crap for it. But then his mom, Shelly, played by Julia louis Dre is like bringing up his tattoos and she's like oh I get it you're expressing yourself with these illustrations this graffiti on your arms just like subtle um like pokes at him yeah and then after after everything they're kind of you know hanging out at a reception area and everybody's like oh Ezra's still in he's in his 30s and he's still single they make uh assumptions that he might be gay yeah they one guy's like got a girlfriend no you don't like getting pushy. Okay. Hearing the word pussy come out of your mouth does make me question whether or not I like it. Back again up in the I don't know if I like it when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, but it's very like, this movie just gets off to a screaming start with that kind of comedy. Yeah, it does. And and then it goes back to the podcast with Mo. Mo and Ezra are talking about just his love life in general in the studio. And they start talking about all the different types of Drakes. I'm never going to meet a woman who understands me. I don't think I've heard of a man ever who wanted to be in a relationship so badly besides Drake. I'm talking Views Drake. They hit it loud. I feel like Views Drake, alone on a building, dangling my legs off, wondering what it's like to feel companionship. I thought yeah, that was this funny. was so funny. I mean, they should have gone back to all the way to Degrassi, you know, when he used to. Oh, Degrassi days? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, Jimmy? I just thought that was so funny about comparing Ezra's love life to different points in, in Drake's career. And I thought that was. I thought that was such a niche thing to do for the writing. It's just, it was so funny. Is, is Drake? Okay. This is a weird comparison because he is like the hopeless romantic of the rap game. I know exactly. I think where you're going. Is Drake (laughs) like 2010, 2020s boys to men? Oh, I think about like how, how like, um, emotional men would get listening to boys to men after a breakup. Is it the same thing now with Drake? I think you, you're on the right track. (laughs) Do you want to know where I thought you were going? Where? I thought you were going to compare Drake's love to Uh Taylor Swift. Oh, her uh, songs of love and breakups and like muses and all of that. You might be right because it is cathartic. Right. Like, if a dude just wants to cry in his car, he probably <laughs> listens to Drake. Right? Like, is that Does he? I would don't that know. be the go-to? It's not boys to men anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Like, <laughs> oh no, no, no. We're doing. I know. We're doing, I know. Like hotline bling. And, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they describe his love life and and levels of desperation for him, and he's really trying to find somebody his soulmate right he wants to find somebody to spend the rest of his life with and his parents keep setting him up with women who are successful um they're jewish but just aren't on the level of his vibe i guess right like they're not they're not the same vibe as him well he has a date with i'm pretty sure she's in school to be a doctor or something right and she's like so you work in finance and he's like yeah but i really prefer podcasting and she's like what (laughs) and it's just like okay this is not this is not going to work out with her. <laughs> yeah, no, right off the bat. Um, so Amira pulls up to, and so we we first meet Amira while she's driving and she's lost. She's on her way to work, we find out. And he, she pulls up to um, Ezra's work building. And because she's lost, she's trying to figure out her directions. She's sitting at the very front entrance. And Ezra gets in the car thinking that it's his Uber. 
And she starts freaking out. This is their meet cute. And, and I actually think this was a creative way to do a meet cute. So creative. Because it, it's very now. And we immediately get into the culture clash because Amira's like, oh, you just think like <laughs> I must be your Uber. Like how ignorant are you? Yeah. And Ezra's like, no, like first of all, Minnie Cooper, Minnie Cooper. Honestly, you guys are twins. Oh my God, wait, she really does look like me. <laughs> and Amira's like, oh, we actually do look the same. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he agrees to kind of like, he's like, I know the area a little bit better. Clearly you're lost because yeah. I can hear Siri trying to tell you where to go. <laughs> so why don't I just take you to where you need to go? Yeah. And that's how they meet. And we kind of get a quick little montage of them going on a few dates. Things seem to be going well. Yes, yes. And back to the whole lost thing. Sometimes I would just appreciate Siri or Google Maps just to tell me I'm lost. Let me know that. <laughs> you and want it to be straight up. I want them to, yeah. Whichever voice I pick, you know, Australian or whatever, like just tell me I'm lost. You want a, and a Siri then, to admit defeat. Then provide me an option to get out of being lost. <laughs> so what, what do you think they're going to say, Sarah? Like, okay. You are Just lost. Just pull over. Not, none of this, none of this recalculating, recalculating. Re I'm driving. I don't need to be recalculated. <laughs> Just tell me, tell me you are lost. Pull over. Let me get my bearings. Let Google get her bearings and then figure shit out. You and do bring then, up a good point. The recalculating is so right. annoying, especially when you're like, okay, my turnoff is either this yes, one or this one. Yes. It's like recalculating and you're like, no, 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 I need to know right now. Not right now. Just, don't do this to me. Just make a decision. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's wrong. You just need to tell me. And, and, in, and in bigger cities, when you're, when you get the recalculating thing and you're veering off and you, you don't know if it's this one or the next one and you take this one and it's actually the next one, it's going to take you 25 minutes to get back uh, onto the yeah, highway like, to get to the next yeah. one. The whole recal, just tell me I'm lost. I would appreciate that Siri and Google. It'd be a fun little beta to test out <laughs> with, with Sarah specifically. I want to see how you react Please. to the we're lost. <laughs> you are lost. <laughs> Pull over. So yes, like you mentioned, they hit it off. Uh, they end up going for lunch. Um, and and I love how um, Mo makes a comment like, "Please don't tell me you bought a tie dye." outfit for this yeah jumpsuit jumpsuit and he 100 percent did he did yeah and they end up hitting it off at the at the uh at the lunch and they go on a series of other dates but before they meet for lunch amira meets with her dad and her brother omar we meet eddie murphy yes we do this is the first time we've met eddie murphy in this movie yeah. He sets the theme really quickly Big because time. he walks into this restaurant and he's looking around at everybody. You're like, wow, like Eddie Murphy's kind of a badass. He sits down and immediately comments on the blackness of everybody's <laughs> hair in the yeah, restaurant. Yeah. And we're like, okay, so this is this is the kind of vibe that Akbar is yes. in this movie. He's oh, yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, and we kind of find out, I mean, Omar, <laughs> Mira's brother kind of rats her out saying like, Oh yeah, Amira's dating somebody and she kind of plays it off as like no big deal. Oh yeah, he's Muslim. Oh yeah, he's black. Like, yeah, yeah. totally dad. And you know, little do they know, he's white. He's a white boy. <laughs> he's Jewish, and yeah. He's Jewish and uh he's going to wear a tie-dye uh tracksuit <laughs> to lunch. <laughs> yeah. Some of the fat like the fashion in this I do really like. Like the styles well, and everything like this. I I I do really like it, but the tie-dye jumpsuit, I don't know. Well, I think Mo was making the comment because she's like, because Ezra does have his own style yes. in this film. Yeah. And I think the tie-dye tracksuit was probably him trying to be somebody he's not. <laughs> okay. And yeah, then throughout the rest of the film, you're like, okay, so this is actually who you are. You were just 
you're playing just playing a part. Yeah. <laughs> they end up together. And then we for- fast forward six months later. We got to meet the parents. And we eat, meet the parents. So Amira meets Ezra's parents and they get to their house and it is beyond awkward from like literally the moment Shelly opens that door. This is impeccable comedy from Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. David Coveney's in here delivering <laughs> yeah. a few funny lines. <laughs> it's just very... Oh my God. Oh my God. It's hard to describe, but it is... It's awkward. And and yeah. I think like they're trying to be hip. They're trying to be welcoming. But at the same time, they're ignorant. And it's just... It, it comes off as pure awkwardness to the viewer, right? Like you're, you're so uncomfortable. You, there's parts of it that you're very uncomfortable sitting there and you're like, oh my God, like I have secondhand embarrassment for all of them. I like your braids. Thank you. Exhibit head braids. Yeah. Like and, everyone. And they do a thing where like Shelly's like, I just want to throw this out to the group. I want to talk about police brutality a little oh bit. My and God. and yeah, Ezra no. does bring up like, Shelly is like, why is that a weird conversation? And he's like, because you would never talk about that. Right. If there wasn't Amira here, yeah. you know, like that's yeah. just not something that we talk about. Um, there was, <laughs> and I don't know if this is on the same vein or not, but David Duchovny's <laughs> character, Arnold, the dad, he brings up exhibit all the time. Yeah. And at first I'm like, oh, it's because Amira's here that he just wants to talk about exhibit. But he brings him up all the time that I think he's actually like weirdly a fan of exhibit. I'm kind of, it's a weird gray area. In the, it, yeah. Like it was kind of like subtly placed in the movie. I, I thought you were going to talk about how he plays John Legend for her oh on the, and, and like sets up a chair for that her, so sets up a chair for her to watch him play the piano <laughs> and play John Legend on the piano for her. I don't know. I have so many questions. Did he learn that? Does he already know it? Did he have like, obviously he's playing it specifically for her. Well, I was about to say, I think he, he clearly already knows it, but clearly he's like, Oh, I'm going to play a black artist. I was just going to say the one, let's say the one black artist that I know I'm going to play on piano (laughs) for you. Yeah. Awkward. I think that's what it is. But I want to talk a little, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about exhibit because then my mind started racing. Like, Oh my God, pimp my ride. That was like a really cool era for <laughs> MTV. Can we rank Ooh. just the best MTV shows? Okay. I've got on my list. I think it's like a tie for number one. It's like a 1A, a 1B, okay. MTV Cribs, and Punked MTV were fantastic. I liked Cribs better. Punked was fine at first, but then it kind of just got really awkward. And I don't know why. Here's my thing with Punked. I think MTV Cribs was overall the better show, but I remember more Punked moments. Like, I remember Justin Timberlake crying on the curb (laughs) while they're breaking his guitar. You know, like, there are moments from Punked that I can remember. Yeah, I think, you know what, though? I didn't really watch Punked. I watched... MTV Cribs a lot more. So for me, that MTV, yeah, that's definitely what comes to my mind. I mean, you can't forget TV shows like Date My Mom, Room Raiders. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, you know, The Hills were massive on MTV. Yeah, The Hills and Laguna Beach was where it started to lose me a little bit. That was more reality, like a different reality TV, right? Like MTV Cribs was like, about um celebrities that kind of genre and like and then like the hills and laguna beach were like a group of like rich kids see i was more on the reality side yeah. i was like the real world instead i was of just about to say the real world was fantastic the, i freaking loved the real world <laughs> i loved watching that 
it was, I was going to say, I love watching that garbage. <laughs> that garbage, yeah. MTV Unplugged was great for mm. quite a while. I'm going to say, like, I also had Daria. Remember that show? Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The animated one? Yes. Um, Beavis and Butthead. But I would say. I forgot that was on MTV. Jackass. Remember it, when it was just a show on MTV? Oh, yeah. That's probably my number three. You know what? I watched Jackass, but I more watched the movies because I think I was like late to the game being like, I don't know. I just don't think oh, you're I just hopping on the bandwagon. Watch that. Yeah, I think so. Like Johnny Knoxville. Oh my God. Jackass the movie. Like I thought that was funny. It's not funny anymore. Those stunts are not funny. They're, yeah. <laughs> I They've think outgrown. <laughs> You've outgrown them. Well, it's weird that they just did a new Jackass movie and you're like, yo, Johnny Knoxville is like in his fifties. He n- looks like he's in his eighties. Like yeah. he has not aged nicely. <laughs> it's not, um, it's not funny anymore. And I mean, it was funny back then because it was stupid shit that they did. But now, like looking back, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I, I laughed at that stuff. But fun fact about Pimp My Ride. Mm-hmm. There are these new allegations coming out that they just totally trashed people's vehicles when they were. Oh, my God. Yeah. A few years ago, there was like, you know how you can do Ask Me Anythings on Reddit? Right. A bunch of people who submitted for the show and were part of the show just like random guys who were like yeah like exhibit please pimp my ride those people are coming out being like honestly they destroyed parts (gasps) of my car parts of it like we're not roadworthy anymore oh my god yeah and and the producers of the show have come out and kind of been like, well, that's not totally true. Wow. But it sounds like there might be a middle area where some of it is a little bit true. It's a little gray. Yeah. So back to the dinner with Ezra and so he takes his mom Shelly you know off to the side at one point one to like yeah tell her to stop being weird and <laughs> ignorant but he also reveals to her hey like I'm gonna ask Amira to marry me and she's excited about it like she's she's excited for him and she's excited we still get the weird comments from Shelly where she's do. like oh my god we're gonna have mixed race babies yeah, and it's, it's like well yeah. that's not the point that's not like the third thing you should think after this you should just be excited for a little while Ezra needs to ask Amira's father and mother for her hand in marriage and so they meet at Roscoe's for lunch this is the first time that Ezra has met her parents <sighs> Akbar it is hilariously awkward <laughs> It's so awkward. The word of the, this podcast is awkward. Eddie Murphy is like like the deadpan, scathing, just like so unimpressed vibes. Yeah. Are like, I'm uncomfortable for Ezra in these scenes. Oh, yeah, me too. And you know what? Like he, he tries his best through them. You know, like... <laughs> I think he, he does a good. I think best. he does a good job. He blabbers though. Like he just like blubbers and like just... You know, so, okay, I actually kept track, and I'm wondering if you can guess the number. Okay. The amount of times that Devin had to genuinely pause this film right. and just stop and just <laughs> give me a sec. Okay. Because it was more than once during these scenes. Oh, okay. During this scene mm. specifically, it must have been twice at least. But for the whole film, how do you, how many times do you think I paused it? I'm going to say 14. Oh, very close, Sarah. Okay. 11. Oh, 11. Okay. All 11 right. total All right. pauses. But this, this one scene alone is at least two, maybe three of them. Like I had to walk out of the room when he started being like, you know, Jesus might've been mixed race. We don't. I'm like, holy shit, Ezra. Pause, walk out the room. Just give me a minute. <laughs> Because I did not think he was going down that path. Like this, this dinner meeting, it did not go well for Ezra. No, no. There's a lot of paths that this 
movie takes that are just like you got to pause it. Well, yeah. you paused it. Yeah, anyway. I paused it yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so he tells Ezra tells his her parents that he wants to propose to Amira, and all Akbar says is, "So you want to marry my daughter?" Yes. Yes, I do. Well, Ezra, you could try. Badass line from Eddie Murphy. Yeah, like you can try. And I think that right there sets the tone for the rest of their relationship throughout the movie. Now we need a meeting of the family. And this is, you know, I thought this would be peak uncomfortable when it happened. We do get even more so, but this dinner. Can we just talk about the greatest, like most iconic roles from each of these actors and actresses? Because I think pretty much all of them have had iconic moments in their careers. So I'm going to give you the nominees for each person and you just tell me what you think is their their biggest role starting with jonah hill okay because we got super bad yeah we got 21 jump street right wolf of wall street i think belongs in there yes get him to the greek oh my god this is the end maybe ish and war dogs maybe ish oh i was gonna say where's moneyball Oh, see, Moneyball, would that be one of Brad Pitt's most iconic ones? But I think Jonah Hill was amazing in that. Yeah, see, for me, I think I think Jonah Hill was so good in Moneyball. That was top three for me. Really? So, like, my top three for Jonah Hill are Moneyball, Superbad, and The Wolf on Wall Street. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street is just unreal. The, sorry, The Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know why I said on. I have <laughs> no idea. But yes. <laughs> I have seen the movie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> a little skeptical. Eddie Murphy has such a long list. I'm probably not even going to do it justice because like Beverly Hills Cop, I think is one of the nominees coming to America. Yes. What a film. The Nutty Professor, Dr. Doolittle. Shout out to Shrek. He was Donkey and Shrek. Right. He was um, Mushu in Mulan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. yeah, And he was also on Saturday Night Live, which was a big deal while he was there. Yes, he was. So much so that they wanted him to come back again. Like, last few years and eddie murphy has such a long career like i admit i'm glossing over a few big ones but as i see it like for me it's probably beverly hills cop coming Mm -hmm. to america Mm -hmm. and maybe shrek as donkey because i think he made that film i fantastic yes the comedic relief was delivered by eddie murphy and shrek as donkey like i that's definitely top three for me i really liked dr doolittle growing up oh my god see that that's our era yes yes and that's like the comedic again this is why you know when i talk about this role for eddie murphy in this movie is so different from the roles that i grew up with him in right like he, he was had very a zany comedic. area yeah. era yeah so so for me like i really liked the difference in this role but he has had different roles like beverly hills cop right like those different ones so i would say that that's top three for me as well julia louis dreyfus might be easy because right. there's seinfeld yeah and then there's veep yeah and she was on SNL. <laughs> like right. That's, those are kind of the three big moments in her career, I think. Yeah. And like, you know, she dipped into like a few episodes of e- of TV shows here and there, which I think she made a good big impact on those. But yeah, I mean, Seinfeld and Veep, two very different characters, but two phenomenal characters all on their own. And God, I loved her in Veep. And she had a spinoff of Seinfeld afterward. That was just her. Right. Yes. Yes, she did. Yeah. Um, David Duchovny is also probably an easy one. Yeah. The X-Files. <laughs> Definitely. And Californication, Californication is like yeah, a little step off from the X-Files, but it was still a great show. Yeah. It's weirdly, weird, weirdly enough. I mean, I don't like scary movies, so I never watched the X-Files. So I actually watched Californication. Californication. So that's where I knew him from before. Really? Like I knew him from the X-Files, but I just had never seen him in the X-Files. He's like an aquatic creature, isn't he? 
Like he just, what? he resurfaces once every seven yeah. years, you know, yeah, like yeah. here's this massive role in the X-Files and then nothing for like, like eight years and then Californication and then nothing. Yeah. He doesn't have to do anything. It's no. like LL Cool J if he like stopped NCIS and then like came back and did another spinoff of NCIS <laughs> and then stopped and did another spinoff of NCIS because like in LL Cool J world right now, I think of him as NCIS. <laughs> yeah. And then Nia Long. Yep. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She was Lisa, which... Mm-hmm. I'm always going to remember her as she's Lisa yeah. from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, she was also in Empire. Right. Yes, she was in Empire. And she was also most recently in Look Both Ways, the movie with Lily Reinhardt. That's right. Um, it's on Netflix. She was her boss. And I thought she was so great as her boss. I really liked her in that movie. She was like the creative director, animation yeah. head of a company, right? Yeah, it wasn't like a massive part, but I did really like her. It felt it. very like Pixar. She was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lauren London, you know, I think her career trajectory is, I don't want to say like what's been most iconic because I think for her, like the best is probably yet to come. Yeah, I think she, she's she been in a few things here and there, but um, nothing massive. Like I think this is definitely her, you know, I'm going to say breakout role. Yeah, like absolutely. for like a big, big, bigger movie as like a lead lead. So we have this star studded dinner party and it goes <laughs> off the rails so quickly. Okay. We talked about the movie, the family stone and that family dinner. <laughs> this family dinner puts that family dinner to awkward shame. Yes. And it's mostly, it's mostly Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis Dreyfus Which- going back and forth. <laughs> Oh, so you're all Muslim. Very much so. I love it. Well, this kufi that I'm wearing was actually a gift from the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. Mm. Are you familiar with the minister's work? Well, I'm familiar with what he said about the Jews. You know, let's have dinner. Which is such fantastic, like, like conversation banter between these two actors, yeah. as well as, like, playing their roles. With with Jonah Hill, like, trying to <laughs> hang on to the reins. Like, oh, my God, this is going off the rails. Yeah, it was it was uh, quite an interesting dinner conversation, to say the least. Um, but again, I think it's supposed to make you feel awkward and or or make you really pay attention to the conversation. And then we have each person individually trying to, you know, get a little bit more comfortable with the parents. So Ezra goes off with Akbar to go to a barber shop, which right away he brings, like, it's like a Crips versus Bloods thing. Like Ezra shows up in a red sweater. Everybody's wearing blue. He's like, my God, I'm, I'm going to get shot here. Like, this is not a, not a good look. And people make comments like, yeah, you should probably take the sweater off, you know? (laughs) Um, and clearly Akbar did that on purpose. And yeah, Shelly brings Amira to like a spa. She wants to have a spa day, a little girl bonding thing. That gets awkward because she like feigns like, oh, these people are being ignorant to you because you're black or whatever. It's very confusing. I'm so sorry for you because you have to go through this. And she's like, go through what? Like, what are you talking about? There's nothing happening right now that is awkward. You're making this awkward. You're the individual in this conversation that's making this situation awkward. Yeah. Yeah, both situations are very uncomfortable, as is the theme with the movie. (laughs) Yes, and so then (laughs) the boys go to um, an outdoor basketball court, and because I think the way Akbar sees it is that Ezra's talked a big game about all these things in the culture that he does and that he's a part of, and you know that he thrives in, and so he wants to to see where those holes are. He wants wants to poke those holes. He thinks he's a fraud. So he's like, 
he just brings him to a random basketball court. He's like, hey, you you talk a big game about playing basketball all the time. Let's see. Let's see it. Yeah. And Ezra actually can play ball. Okay, so this is my best scene. Okay, this was great, actually. Because this, I loved, like, I kind of got, like, I, I was like, oh, yay, like, this is so good. Yeah, Akbar, like, yeah, in your face. Because he starts live streaming it to all of his <laughs> friends to show, like, oh, my God, look at this kid who's going to be my son-in-law. Like, look at this dud. Look at this white boy about yeah. to get annihilated yeah. on the court. And yeah. then he, like, makes the shot and... Just the music with it, the vibe, like it was just so well done. And By I was the just end like, of it, he Damn. won like a pair of sneakers off some yeah. guy. Ezra's <laughs> like, hey, like if these guys are in a group chat, like get me in on this. These guys are great. Yeah, he like <laughs> totally proved him wrong, which I think hum- need- he needed some humbling, I think, Akbar, like with the whole situation of like, I'm going to basically get this guy to hit the road. Well, and it was well placed because as the audience, you're rooting for Ezra yeah. and Amira here. And you're just like, oh, no, like they, they need a win here. Like somebody's got to get him a W. <laughs> And this was yeah. this was like okay Ezra isn't he's not a fraud he right. is who he is yeah exactly um, and then so they have wedding planners come to their house and to meet with the families and they have very different views of how the weddings are going to go um, and I mean again it's it's about Amira and Ezra and I think. Certain, but it's not Sarah. But Are it's you not. Kidding? Yeah, exactly. And so I think, but again, it doesn't dive deep into this, like to to show the division of like what Amira and Ezra want and what the families want. Like I wanted more of it, more conversation and, and deep dive there. But um, we do briefly see that there is there is definitely the families versus Ezra and Amira and what they want. Shout out to uh, Demetrius, played by Dion Cole, who is. Um, Akbar's choice for wedding planner who's like you know what we should do guys we should do a Tron themed wedding wasn't it ridiculous that was absurd and when he came out with the I have 40 Tron suits I was like where (laughs) and why do you have those Tron suits well I think the implication there was that he has all these Tron suits with nothing to do with them so he's like (laughs) what about a Tron themed wedding guys (laughs) like he's just throwing that out there Um, we recently talked about weirdest wedding venues Mm. but we have never talked weirdest wedding themes that have actually existed in real life. Ooh. In 2015, Sam <laughs> Finnan and Bob Thomas had a minion themed oh, wedding. Oh no, that's like, like an Oompa Loompa. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The minions from from the what is that? Despicable Me. Yes. Yeah. Minion themed wedding. Grew. Um in 2013, Adrian Dunvin and Eddie Quinones had a bacon themed wedding. A bacon themed wedding. Did they have some Joe Jonas playing in the background? The bacon, yeah. Uh, great song. There were bouquets made of bacon. There was wow. a cake sprinkled with bacon. There was a wedding aisle carpet featuring slabs of bacon. <laughs> P-meal or like, <laughs> just kidding. Guests were wearing bacon vests. Oh my God. It's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. That is weird. Um. Oh, there was a Twilight wedding. Oh, I believe that. I honestly, I have seen Harry Potter ones. I have seen Halloween weddings. Oh yeah, I believe that. But is, is Twilight a little bit weirder? Because in that one, it's genuinely like, Bella loves Edward. Yeah. So if you're the groom, you're mm-hmm. like, my wife loves Edward Cullen so much. When we get married, she would prefer to be like, can we make it like, Edward Cullen vibes though. Like, well, is that not weird? In my mind, I am feel, I overthinking this? No, it is weird. I think in my mind, like, I think he would have to, he would have to like 
stay out of the sun and like almost make because Edward's skin is like almost iridescent. Like it's almost like it, it shines like a diamond. Okay, Sarah. So I feel like he'd have to put glitter on him. Why are to you shine? Uh, what? I love how I brought up a concern about their romance, yeah. and you're like. Well, um, like the science behind Twilight no, no, no. is actually... Aesthetically, <laughs> if you wanted the wedding to be legitly aesthetically pleasing, you If have it's to proper like- lore, it should be in the Washington <laughs> State countryside is where they should have said this. Like- well, maybe if that's where it's said, I honestly can't remember, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. So then we jump to the bachelor and bachelorette parties. Right. I think this might be peak, peak awkward. You think I thought the dinner was the family dinner was peak awkward for oh, me? Yeah, yeah. Well, so okay. So Ezra is going on his bachelor party to Vegas. Naturally, it's funny with we his didn't, friends. We didn't see any of his friends except for Mo until this moment. Mm-hmm. Friggin' Andrew Schultz is in this. Yeah, I get served TikToks of him <laughs> really? all the time. He's a comedian. Um. <laughs> And they all go to Vegas, but who shows up on the plane right before they leave? Akbar and Amira's brother. Yeah. So they're coming to crash the party. And Akbar even says, like, to his son, I'm just here to ruin their party. I'm just here to make them feel like they're having a bad time. Well, and also make sure that Ezra has the worst time. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, naturally, they're at a strip club, and Ezra's trying to have a good time, and he sees, like... (laughs) Two rooms away, away through like a pane of glass, Akbar, like Eddie Murphy's just staring at him, you uh, yeah. know, skeptically, not loving whatever he's seeing. Like, <laughs> he's just having the worst time. And also this story comes out about uh, Ezra, oh like doing God. cocaine. And then shitting his pants. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a little bit ridiculous for me. Yeah. I thought th- we could have left that one out. I was going to say, they dragged on with the whole drugs and the, um like... That that whole scene was dragged on, I think, too long. Tiny Cause bit. Because I, I didn't think it was that funny. On the other side, yes. we have Amira, who's going on her bachelorette party. Yes. And Springs. Ezra's sister is there. Same with Shelly. Julia Louis-Dreyfus shows up. And she's just like, it's hard to place her, but it's just like mild ignorance at mm-hmm. times like she doesn't mean poorly but she doesn't mean well if that right. makes sense yes yeah like she doesn't she almost tries too hard but not hard enough i don't know how to i don't know how to explain that like you almost like you have to watch the movie to see it like yeah. you have to understand just, just be normal shelly yeah. that's all we need from you just be normal and she just consistently will not be and it culminates in this uh they're doing like a like a hangman thing mm-hmm. that i think the clue is like people who dance well and they they think that she says something, implies something ignorant or racist. She doesn't. And then she pulls somebody's weave out by accident and it all just ends yeah. in a flurry of madness. Yeah, it's it's not great. I wish they would have dove a little bit further into like as weird as how I just said some of the scenes in this in this in this part of the movie was were too long. But I wish they had dove in differently. Okay. And um, I just found specific aspects of this movie i.e the bachelorette parties or the um later on in the movie when we get there like the wedding or the breakup or the whatever they're very short like i wanted them to be a little bit longer so that we kind of felt part of it i found they were very it was like six months later three months later and it was like it jumped over a whole bunch of time well we're about to get to that because next we have the rehearsal dinner Yes. We finally meet Akbar's brother who who takes Eddie Murphy down just a step 
He's all like, you, you changed your name. Like, you used to just be Woody. Like, where, where did this come in? It was Uncle EJ, played by uh, Mike Epps. He's hilarious. He, he seems he like... He was good in it. He seems like your classic, like, burnout uncle. Like, he's... Single, no kids, just does his own thing. I think he does have kids, doesn't he? Oh, okay. He talks about, like, trying not to ch- pay child oh. support and stuff. Like, oh, he's making yes. those kind of yes, jokes. Yes, <laughs> Does his own thing. So, at the rehearsal dinner, everyone's making speeches, and, like, <laughs> they're just too much. And then... Akbar makes a speech and it's like it's a weird backhanded compliment because like he says how great Ezra is but in a way that it's not it's not nice and Ezra knows exactly what he's doing he can see right through him and they actually have a conversation after the two of them and Ezra says you know what like I take your shit every single day all of the things you've thrown at me and it taught me something that I I will never know what it's like to be a black person in this country, but he does know what it's like to be an ass, like what an asshole is. And then he just leaves. And I thought that was, you know, I thought that was well done to be not offensive to him or not to be rude back or not to be an asshole back to him, but just enough that it's like, yeah, man, like you suck. Yeah, you suck. And Amira has a similar conversation with Shelly just about, you know, talking about her ignorance. And then... Amira and Ezra come together and they, they break up here. They talk about how like out of nowhere, out of nowhere. (laughs) They're like, this should be easier. Like, I don't think it's ever going to get easier. Our families are too divided and they just kind of agree to break up. It, it kind of felt like I knew there was conflict here Mm -hmm. and we had to resolve the conflict, but it felt like the rug was getting pulled out from under me a little bit. Like, whoa, we're, we're breaking up. Yeah. And then it jumps ahead three months. Yeah. But before that, I think, I think it's true when, when you say like, it just happened out of nowhere because like, why wouldn't they have sat down with, with their parents and said like, whether it was together or, or by themselves, like Amira with her father and Ezra with, you know, Shelly and said like, look, we are going to be together. This is what's happening. You need to get over it or figure something out. And, and that kind of, and, and that happened because it didn't happen. It just, they came together and we're like, it's not going to work. Bye. And then we jump ahead three months in time. Right. And we have uncle EJ and Akbar driving. They're listening to the podcast. Cause it's, it's made it big. It's blowing up. Mo and Ezra, Ezra and Mo. Um, and, Uncle EJ does bring up, he's like, you really, you gave that guy, you put him through the ringer. Like you were not nice to him. And then it's annoying to me that like at that point, Akbar really like considers how he was to Ezra. Like it's been three months. You wouldn't think like in the (laughs) weeks following your daughter canceling her wedding that you'd be like, oh, wow, what did I do to to make this thing happen? Um, He finally considers that and and he comes up with this grand plan. Yeah. He reaches out to Shelly. They both get Amira and Ezra to the same place at the same time. I think it's like a sneaker sale or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they both individually apologize to the other. Shelly apologizes to Amira. Uh, Akbar apologizes to Ezra. And then they surprise them. They're like, hey, and and here's your wedding. It's and they, a surprise wedding. It's a surprise wedding. I feel like you're right, Sarah. Like I talked about it off the top. The first half of this movie really pulled me in. The comedy was mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. Um, I was compelled to be like, well, what happens next? Definitely. Please tell me more. And then, and I'm probably going to use this analogy again. I just felt like they didn't know how to land the plane. Mm-hmm. You know, like they got off to this amazing start. The jokes were great. Yep. And the landing just 
it just lost its footing at the end here for me a little bit. I agree. I agree. The, the latter half of the movie was just missing something. And I think it glazed over too much. And it was trying to tie too many things up. And and I wish there was more ROM to it. Like, I wish we would have had more of them instead of all the conflict throughout the movie. Well, I think that's what we loved about the beginning. Yes. The love story and then the conflict with each family's individually mm-hmm. um, and then together. But like, yeah, a little bit more of the, oh, I believe this love story still. And they just they just need to get through the Eddie Murphy thing or they just need to get through the Julia Louis-Dreyfus thing. But overall, a great movie. Really yeah. funny. The writing's impeccable. Mm-hmm. And fun. these performances, like every actor and actress in this I think nailed it. They nailed the role. They nailed the comedy. Big time. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Quick facts. This is Kenya Barris's directorial debut. He has, however, written and created many movies and TV shows, such as the movie Girls Trip in 2017, Blackish, Mixedish, and Grownish, uh, the TV show, Cheaper by the Dozen, the movie from 2022, among others. Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis-Dreyfus were cast members on SNL at the same time. Eddie joined the cast in late 1980 and Julia joined in the fall of 1982. I totally forgot that she was on SNL. Yeah. Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Matt Walsh were in the TV show Veep together. Uh, Matt Walsh plays um, the the boss in, the, uh, in, in this movie. This is an unofficial comedy remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner from 1967. Anthony Anderson's mother, Doris, got to share the screen with one of her favorite actors, Eddie Murphy, in this movie. Julia Louis-Dreyfus mentions in the movie that she watched the documentary film Good Hair. Lauren London appeared in that documentary. Both Rhea Perlman and Jackie Swanson previously acted together on the TV show Cheers. This is not the first movie with Eddie Murphy having a goatee. Vampires in Brooklyn and some characters in Coming to America all have him with goatees and similar facial hairstyles. Honorable mentions. Uh, my honorable mention, you touched on it slightly in your quick facts. Just the extra little cast members yeah. from either mm-hmm. Blackish mm-hmm. or Veep. Because Kenya Barris, our director here, like you said, also created Blackish. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's no surprise in this film we end up with. Uh, a number of his blackish stars, Anthony Anderson being a big one, is the main barber at the barber shop. <laughs> yeah. Dion Cole plays Demetrius, the wedding planner. Um, and the crossover point is kind of Nelson Franklin, who is in Blackish. Yes. yes. Also in Veep, mm-hmm. which I always knew that Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, she obviously stars in it. One of the main <laughs> yeah. producers as well, though. So it's kind of cool that she's also bringing along like, okay, and here's our guy, Nelson Franklin. And that's where Matt Walsh comes in as well. He was on Veep with her. He had a big role in that. It kind of felt like a lot of the tertiary characters are just those actors and actresses that some of the big people in this film just like, oh, I just like working with this person. They're they're funny. And it, it felt like there were a lot of really strong comedians on those outlying roles that I really liked. I agree. It's funny because that's also my honorable mention. The cast was big for this one. But in my eyes, like Eddie Murphy was a hit in this movie because it was such a different character than other movies that he's done that I've seen, right? Like um, he's done a lot of comedic roles uh that the movies that i've seen and it was just interesting and it was really nice to see him in a little bit of a different role you know like he was he was a a, like a badass in this movie i liked it he's just dry and angry and yeah yeah, i I liked it um but i did also like you mentioned liked that they had actors that people you'd know from different tv shows or movies throughout 
like put in throughout the movies. And so Rhea Perlman, she is actually famous for Matilda and Cheers, and she still does a ton. Um, and Danny DeVito is her husband. Whoa, that's so yeah, random. Well, I, yeah, anyway, really, really cool little tidbit. Um, you know, Dion Cole, like you mentioned, Blackish was also in the barbershop. Um, Matt Walsh, Veep, Nelson Franklin, Veep, New Girl, Blackish was also in The Office. Elliot Gould, uh, MASH Ocean movies, and was also Monica and Ross's dad in the in the TV in show Friends. Friends. Yeah. Yes, I But like that. they pop up here and there and you don't really know unless you're like true, like you're really paying attention. And then um, Mike Epps, he's from The Hangover and Resident Evil. Which should have been more story time, less runtime. Okay, think. yeah, yeah, all right. Like I found, like the movie was two hours long, or just about. Um, but I found, like, I, I, I wanted a little bit more of the storyline, like more development, a little bit. I think um, it kind of rushed. I think at the end, for me at least. My what should have been is very similar. We talked about it a little bit, but. I would like the way I see it is we just should have been able to land this plane a little better because <laughs> I thought the first half of this movie was impeccable. It was hilarious. You pulled me in. I thought it was so funny. It was so compelling. I love the characters. The plot started to show some cracks like even as a as somebody watching as a viewer, I just needed time to like, OK, so <laughs> it's the rehearsal dinner. They're breaking up like right now. Like right. this is happening right this second. And yeah. then we're like and three months down the road. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. I need to digest like right. They just broke up and now we're three months down the road. And now, yeah. Eddie Murphy's like, I got an idea. Let's let's apologize and we'll just marry them on the spot. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Just. Give me a second to understand everything that's happening here. I felt, yeah, you're right. The last 20 to 30 minutes, I just didn't know if they knew how to land the plane. Overall rewatchability. Okay, my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry 3.5, Storyline 2, Thirst Factor 2.5, Imagination 3.8, Soundtrack 5, Cheese 2 for an overall score of 3.1 out of 5. Ooh, that's a little bit of a low score. Yeah, I like I said, it could have it could have been could have been a hit. <laughs> I've got, you know what? It's funny. Our scores ebb and flow in the same way. I'm just a little bit higher on a few things. Like I've got chemistry 3.8, storyline 3, thirst factor 3, imagination of 4.8. I don't know how many films there are like this in the world. And it it is very much like a Kenya Barris thing. Like it it hits a lot of the same themes as Blackish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. But there have been very few like Hollywood movie productions that address those same things. Yes. Uh, soundtrack. I agree. 4.75. Amazing. Cheese, a three. I've got an overall score of 3.72. Okay. So it's pretty good. Yeah. This has been the rom-com rewind of you people, which is brand new. You can watch it on Netflix. If you are listening to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, if you could do one thing and help out the pod, leave us a review. A five star would be fantastic. And if you hear anything on any of these podcasts that you want to reach out about, you want to chat about, at Romcom Rewind on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks for listening.